Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. Obama makes a rare and important speech, but the Donald steals the show. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday. Usually from 3 to 6. Today I'm on from 5 to 7. I make room for all the fun stuff WSB does on Saturday. And today it's a very special reason because this morning was Clark Howard's Christmas Kids and tomorrow is the last day. If you don't know what Clark Howard's Christmas Kids are, it's Clark gets foster kids to write Christmas lists, wish lists of the presents they want, and people from all over come and catch up with him at Walmart and fulfill these kids' wishes, and then Clark gets the stuff to the kids. Tomorrow's the last day, and they're doing it actually in two locations for the first time, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. for both of them. Clark's going to be at the Walmart on Cobb Parkway, and Mark Aram and Belinda Skelton will be at the Walmart in Lilburn. So 10 a.m. to 2 tomorrow. If you want more details, go to ClarkHoward.com. But that's why I move around, and I do have a lot of Christmas spirit. I'm super happy with Christmas. I love to decorate, hang out with my kids. I'm so grateful for the little things at this time of year. And I have tried, actually, to talk about stuff like that uh, on the air, but it's not really me, first of all. And second of all, I think that sometimes... The really big news comes out when we're most distracted on a Friday afternoon or maybe during the holidays. Sometimes I think the media turns towards something of a distraction to get our eye off the ball. And I think that actually did happen this week, pretty obviously, in that uh, Obama made a very important speech on Sunday from the Oval Office, an unscheduled speech he Uh, used as an excuse or was a result of the San Bernardino attack the week before. But in this speech, the first half is a lot of appeal to emotion and, I don't know, propaganda. I I really have very little tolerance for political speeches, so I read the transcripts. It's, It's a lot less painful that way. And you can also see what's really going on. So I kind of, the first half of the speech, uh, I didn't think was critical, but He actually goes through and enumerates what he's doing. And it looks to me like he's, you know, you always kind of dismiss a lame duck, a guy in his last year of his term. But I think he is going to put his foot on the gas to escalate war in Syria, to increase our surveillance, decrease our privacy, and also to take some uh, gun control steps that he's been waiting to do. So this this speech laid it all out. It's very serious. But think about what was in the news all week, every day on every mainstream channel. Think for a second, what did you hear nonstop in the news? It was Donald Trump's bombastic comments that we should, This Donald Trump did a speech on sun, uh, Monday. So Obama's speech was Sunday. Trump's speech was Monday. And he came out and said, we should ban all Muslims from entering the United States until our representatives can figure out what's going on. So the Donald, if you could say anything you want about him, but he knows how to get free publicity. And I think that he did not have to go that far as a libertarian. I feel like these 
problems when they're created by government action, and I think these are, you can just call for government to stop doing what they're doing, and you don't really have to wade into the super controversial stuff. But that is the Donald style, and the media played right into it, and he did dominate the airwaves. And this discussion about Obama's speech was really pushed into the background. And the reason that we really can't do that is what Trump said was a proposal. He is not the president. He does not call upon Congress to do things. Congress is definitely not doing that. And even if he had a, a, if he were president, he wouldn't be president until 2017. Whereas what Obama's telling us is what he's doing. And he wouldn't have made it this formal speech from the Oval Office if it weren't really serious business. And he actually went through it in numbers, like four things that he's doing and three things that he's calling upon Congress to do. So I thought I would rattle this stuff off because even if you listen to the speech, it is couched in such a way that you you kind of find yourself nodding your head. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, not me, but <laughs> you know, a regular person who has a job who doesn't just analyze and dissect this stuff every minute of every day. These every word is chosen carefully. The impact is measured in advance. And uh, I would just like to to peel away all the BS and tell you his points of the action he's taking, the policy he is calling for. And how I see what he's really after. So I'm going to give you my opinion on it. Let's start. But I'll talk about anything. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. So his speech was uh, in the wake of the San Bernardino shooting of last week, which has a lot of conflicting details to it. Even the FBI had said it was... It does a lot of things don't add up. So that's a different question. And I think getting into that stuff sometimes can be really fascinating. Like what really happened? Are they telling us the truth? But it is a distraction from the realities, which are these policies these guys are, are implementing. And they really, if you look at it from a point of view of principle, you don't have to know the details of the events they use as excuses. You just always have to remember what your principles are. Uh, and see if this holds up to what your basic principles are. So Obama went through the things that he's doing to combat ISIS, who is ultimately being blamed for radicalizing the couple in San Bernardino, who shot up the regional in- inland, the inland regional center there. So Obama said, first, I'm not going to play clips. I'm just going to read his words. First, he says, Our military will continue to hunt down terrorist plotters in any country where it is necessary. In Iraq and Syria, airstrikes are taking out ISIL leaders, heavy weapons, oil tankers, infrastructure. So that's a pretty limitless, boundless war. Any any country where it is necessary. And this claim that uh, that airstrikes it doesn't say u.s airstrikes i'm sure that's what he means but if it said russian airstrikes i would i would believe it but the u.s has been basically conducting these airstrikes for a year and uh, effectively has has carved a path for isis to expand and its foothold now if that's incompetence i don't know but russia went in there and made tremendous headway in a matter of weeks but there is uh, there are a couple of things about that comment 
that I think are are worth drilling into a little bit. One is this idea that we've been striking the oil tankers. It's pretty nervy to say that within days of Russia offering proof that the oil business that is funding ISIS to the tune of billions of dollars. So ISIS steals oil from Iraq mainly, I guess, and uh, to some extent Syria, and drives through the through Turkey across the Syrian Turkish border with these oil tankers, and Turkey is reportedly profiting by it, certainly allowing it to happen. And uh, we have not stopped that. But I believe Russia is trying to stop that. But this is how this whole convoluted thing about ISIS starts making you scratch your head because our allies over there, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, uh, promote these terrorists so that they can affect the kind of political changes they want. And then here we have Turkey, an important ally of ours and a member of NATO, allowing ISIS, facilitating them to fund their operations. So like I said, you don't have to take action if if removing and repudiating alliances, stopping your allies from taking these actions would be even more effective. And, and, and another little thing that you're not going to hear about, I went back and noticed that in August 2013, Obama and Kerry were really pounding the table to be able to shoot Tomahawk missiles into Damascus because they claimed that Assad was using chemical weapons against his own people. But there's a lot of evidence that has arisen since then that that was actually a rebel false flag attack to try to draw us into the war. But in any case, Congress didn't vote on it. They never brought it to a vote after the UK parliament voted against military intervention in Syria. But at that time, Kerry and Obama implied that they did not think that they needed the consent or authorization of Congress, that they could do it anyway, and that they might. And you really never heard anything about that. But here they are talking about thousands of airstrikes in Iraq and Syria without any authorization from Congress. So I feel like for him to be talking about that openly, he feels he has the right to do these things. I would I would look at the Constitution. It even says he is not commander-in-chief unless he is called into actual service. So who would be calling him? He can't call himself into service. These are little nuances that people don't dig into, but it matters. It matters what the law is. It, it, they don't have carte blanche to just bomb countries, especially when it appears to make things worse so that was a big one uh, i've got three more things he said he is doing including something that's really going to affect us here at home with regard to uh, our privacy and our ability to protect ourselves in cyberspace 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk this is monica perez Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're back talking about Obama's speech, which is important because he's doing a bunch of stuff and it's going to affect us. It's going to affect us here at home. It's going to escalate the war in Syria and nobody seems to be talking about it, but it's ominous. First, though, I want to do something fun. I have a McDonald's weekend prize pack for you. It is a free one-hour massage in-store at any one of the eight La Vida Massage locations, a family four-pack of tickets to an upcoming Atlanta Gladiators game at the Infinite Energy Arena, 
and a family four-pack of combo tickets to Winter Adventure and Magical Nights of Lights at Lanier Islands. First to call, 404-741-0750, gets the prize. Uh, so let's see if you're... If you can tell the difference between that number and the number to call for part of this conversation, which is 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can also tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. So what I've been talking about is this Obama speech where he said, we're going to use our military to hunt down terrorist plotters anywhere in the world. And we are currently bombarding uh, Iraq and Syria with airstrikes focusing on ISIS. He said ISIL. But that really doesn't make sense considering we've supposedly been doing that for a long time and we just spread it like a wildfire. But he also went on to say that, uh, he said, second, we will continue to provide training and equipment to tens of thousands of Iraqi and Syrian forces fighting ISIL on the ground so that we take away their safe havens. In both countries, we're deploying special operations forces who can accelerate that offensive. So as far as giving tens of thousands of Iraqis and Syrians arms, money, training, when they're, I will make a case, and in his own speech it supports this, that our primary objective is to unseat Assad. And that those that equipment, it was even reported in CNN this week, which is so mainstream that they it has to be undeniable that ISIS has U.S. Arms. I have seen pictures of ISIS in tents that have U.S. Army stenciled on it. So the equipment we're sending over there is going to everybody. It's it is there isn't a three sided war here. It's the goal is to unseat Assad, and as we continue to arm the the people on the ground there, there's no difference between Al Nusra, Al Qaeda, and ISIS in any practical sense that I can tell anyway. So uh, that's a little bit of um, misleading, but also this idea that we're deploying special operations forces, that means boots on the ground. I mean, those people get killed. And as a matter of fact, as soon as Russia started its bombing, there was a special operations soldier who was killed right away. And Ashton Carter, the secretary of defense, said... There will be, make, they said something like, make no mistake, there will be Americans in harm's way. So Russia starts dropping bombs, getting ISIS, reducing the terrorists, and he's saying, we're going to put Americans in harm's way. It's kooky, and it can only serve this greater purpose to target Assad rather than the terrorists, which Russia is actually doing. I mean, it's really getting... That rabbit hole is getting deep with this stuff, but if you scratch the surface a little bit, you'll find it uh, if you do your own research. And right after the break, I'm going to tell you more about how it's going to affect here us here at home. It's a, going to be a major expansion of the surveillance state. This is Monica Perez. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. And now for something completely different. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I'm on till 7 tonight. So we are live and local taking calls 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm talking about Obama's speech from Sunday, which I think is very important because he's really talking about things he's doing and policies he wants. And that's real. And it got completely overshadowed by Donald Trump, who really makes a splash. I mean, he knows how to get 
attention and that's what people have been focusing on so i have a call uh on both of those issues i'm willing to talk to about whatever you want so give me a call i'm going to go to isaac first isaac you're on with monica you know what sorry go ahead isaac i didn't hear hey, miss perez how you doing yes good how are you doing Oh, I'm glad. Uh, one of the things I noted about the president's speech on Sunday was, you notice he subtly mentioned that uh, he considered France to be our closest ally instead of Israel. Oh, I didn't notice that, but I did notice he said <laughs> our allies and other countries like Russia. So, like, he made it very clear Russia is not an ally. I was like, whoa. So, yeah, the, every word has meaning in these speeches. But, of course, but he completely ignored Israel. He called France our closest ally. But what people do not understand is Mr. Obama is a humanist. A humanist is anti-Christ, anti-America, anti-capitalism. This is the man that said $9 trillion, that's irresponsible, that's not patriotic. And the debt is now $18 plus trillion. Yeah. And I will make man. a point, Isaac, just a minute, a point about uh, that a lot of people don't recognize he does strike me as your absolutely modern secular humanist. So when people think, I think he's a Manchurian candidate for the military industrial complex, but a lot of people think he's a Manchurian candidate, that he's a secret Muslim, but he is, in my opinion, obviously not a religious person, just to make that observation. Not not too many people make that observation. It sounds like you did, too. Oh, yes, but uh, the problem with that is, is this is the man that said he will fundamentally, fundamentally change the way we do business in America. The only way you can fundamentally change the way we do business in America, you got to throw out the whole system. And he does want to, he did talk about how the Constitution is a negative document, which means it protects us by restraining the government, giving us rights to fight back against the government. I think his, he either said or implied that he wants it to be a positive document that gives you things that, that, and that can only mean redistributing wealth or, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, you're right. It's very, it's fundamental. And that, that we have to watch. That's, we need, we're in the final stages of losing the American experiment true. What he said is basically equal to putting power into the hands of a two-year-old child. What, what do you mean by that? Fundamentally change the way we do business in America, giving power and privileges to people that don't even think? Well, I, I believe, Isaac, and I don't want to go off onto a tangent. I've got lots more to cover, but I do believe that part of the whole process to fundamentally transform America, which has been going on for decades, is to dumb people down so they cannot think critically. Even the brightest people get uh, kind of siphoned off into what they call STEM, which I respect, science, technology, engineering, and math. But it's at the expense of what they call the liberal arts, and they call them the liberal arts because only free men were allowed to learn stuff like philosophy and those kind of things in the Roman Empire. The Greeks, who were the slaves, they were accountants and stuff. They didn't want them having the liberal arts because that would empower them. And I feel like that's been intentionally done, kind of excising our access to that, to that important education. Uh I agree with you, but what the process of what he's doing is, is you dumb down the people 
uh, and ignorant people are and enslaved people. And uh, the reason we don't want to pay our taxes is because it eliminates great uh, control. And uh, Mr. Obama is a self-appointed dictator, been elected by ignorant people into a place that they don't really understand how it works. And we are the government. He's a $400,000 a year manager. I uh, I agree with you. I think that, that what's happened, and I, I would go further and say they didn't put him into power. I mean, and, and I say they, let's just say the people who contributed ultimately billions of dollars to his campaign didn't do it because they like his style or they hope that his instincts are good. He's there to do a job. And I think, and, and I don't think that job that he's there to do is for us. Of course not. He's a, a Mr. Obama is a hater of capitalism. You cannot have freedom without capitalism. You're talking to an anarcho-capitalist right now. I'm such an extreme libertarian that I don't believe that government can truly be checked. But capitalism, through real free markets, the competition... Can, it provides its own checks and balances. There's a thing called the, the race to zero, economic zero profit, that competition will take the profit out of everything and, and things would just descend into total cheapness, which is why I think John D. Rockefeller said competition is a sin. But thank you so much for the call, Isaac. I love it. I'm going to Steve. Uh, Steve, can you hear me? Uh, you are on with Monica. Uh, I lost Steve. Well, I'm going to keep taking off the things that Obama said in his speech because they are really telling us what direction he's going to take us in the next year. And I got a sense of it when he nominated Ashton Carter for Secretary of Defense because I felt like that guy is going to be the Secretary of Defense for the next president too. And he's a real establishment insider hawk. His credentials, I I, I don't remember them all, but I think he's like a Rhodes Scholar and uh, things that send up flags to me of being uh, an, a, a, in that what Winston Churchill called the high cabal. And the third thing, uh, if you want to join the conversation, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. But Obama had said that he's going to continue to hunt down terrorists in any country, continue with airstrikes in Iraq and Syria, continue training and equipping tens of thousands of Iraqis and Syrians that fighting, he says fighting ISIL, but I, I will absolutely, my educated opinion is that it is to fight Assad. But here's where it turns to us. His third point, he says, third, we're working with friends and allies to stop ISIL's operations and, uh, to disrupt plots, cut off their financing. This is important. Cut off their financing and prevent them from recruiting more fighters. Very important. He goes on to say, since the attacks in Paris, we've surged intelligence sharing. I, I think they call that verbizing. <laughs> surge, to surge. Surged intelligence sharing with our European allies. We're working with Turkey to seal its border with Syria. And we are cooperating with Muslim-majority countries and with our Muslim communities here at home to counter the vicious ideology that ISIL promotes online. The key words here are online, financing, intelligence sharing. So now we're working to get Europe to share all its information with each other and with us. We're, we're working towards complete access to all financial records. He doesn't, he doesn't write, 
he doesn't say, spell out every single item, but if you read the Wall Street Journal or whatever uh, mainstream newspaper, they bring out the details of this. There's been calls to get Facebook and Google and social media to double down on actively looking into what we're saying and alerting the authorities or pulling it offline. So all this stuff is coming around to affect how how we behave, that we should have no privacy, no ability to make any kind of transactions without their knowledge, no financial uh, privacy at all. And this comes at the same in the same week that the IRS was granted in a in a law the ability to suspend your passport or deny your issuance or some some way to affect your ability to travel if they say you owe more than fifty thousand dollars. So this financial stuff could be tax related. They're they're notorious for multitasking these guys. But here's the crazy thing is that the financing, first of all, is coming through oil sales that Turkey is facilitating. ISIS is getting its money from uh, illegal oil sales. and But as far as the surveillance goes, I read this article in great big headlines in the Daily Mail, which is a very big UK news outlet, saying that the blind sheik runs social media from solitary confinement in a US jail. They, it's a social media empire, they called it. The blind sheik is in jail in a United States jail for the World Trade Center 93 bombing, which started out as an FBI sting operation. If you want evidence of that, go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. So he is in there running what's described by the mainstream media as a social media empire. And our guys can't even keep that under control. This is a guy who radicalizes people and they want to collect everything about every single person and they think they're going to be able to stay on top of that and they can't stay on top of one guy alone in a cell. It just, as, as the FBI director said this week, just doesn't add up. He didn't say it about that, but it applies to a lot of, st- of the official narratives. I'm going to go to Jake in Duluth. Jake, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Uh, nice on your show. You do a really good job. Thank you. Hey, listen, um, I'm an independent, and there's a couple things that's always sort of you know bothered me um, as far as I'm a very logical person. And um, and so, like, for instance, I was a big Reagan fan, big Reagan fan, and um, uh, voted for Bush the first time, then voted for him the second time, voted for Obama because of the whole Middle East um you know, problem that he caused or whatever. And I have a lot of my family members that are in the military, so I'm sort of sensitive as far as to which wars and, you know, and causes that we go to war for because, you know, my relatives' lives are on the line uh, when we do so. So I take that very seriously. Now, two things. Number one, um, you know, the next election, I'm so confused at the moment because I'm not hearing any uh, Republican candidate that speaks of anything other than things that make no to me whatsoever. Donald Trump, Cruz, um, even even Ben. I mean, there's nothing I've heard so How far. How about Rand Paul? You know, I haven't. I've, I've heard that from a few people, but I haven't listened to much of what he had to say. I've just really been following the top guy. Yeah, it's so, like so. a media blackout on these guys, which is why I don't believe it when they say that the media doesn't love Trump. They love Trump. They give him all the airtime. But anyway, keep going. I want to hear what okay. you have to say. So, so as an independent, the thing that's important to me is number one. I think it's a fallacy to say that. Uh, hey, bring both sides together, bring both countries together. I mean, that's like saying, you know, Georgia Tech and University of Georgia, Shakumbaya. That'll never happen. Because, you know, one wants to be the alpha and the other one doesn't want to be the alpha. So 
when everyone criticizes the Obama administration for not bringing everyone together, but when you have the other side going, we're not going to do anything. We're going to do everything to oppose him. To me, the American people should have said, hey, guys, no, he promised to do his side. You have to dig in and, 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 and help out on this side so we can come together. That's why I'm more towards leaning towards libertarian, but I feel like I'm wasting my vote when I do it. Uh. I am so frustrated by both sides. It's like two, it's like a, like two fifth graders going back and forth. And they're okay, hold on. Jake, I am going to respond to that. First, get to your second point, then i got to take a break, and then I'll respond. But I want you to get your second point out. Go. Okay. My my second point is, from from a military standpoint, um, we we had so many problems in the Middle East, and I I probably had four relatives that that served um, during that whole mess. Now, everyone is so quick right now to get back in and and fight or whatever, and I I can't say I agree with the Obama administration the way they handled the whole ISIS thing, but I kind of understand because it's kind of like you didn't burn one time by getting into um, a war. Okay, I'm going to respond to that too, Jake. i got to take a quick break. I'm going to respond to Jake's points, and then uh, Johnny's got some deep thoughts. I'm going to get to him. Uh, Hold on, Johnny. I'm going to get to you after the break too. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I just got an email from Liz that says, Awesome Ramones bumper music. So you can thank Clint, the board op, for that. I also got a great call before the break from Jake, and I'm going to respond to his comments. He said he's an independent And he thinks there's no way to bring both sides together. And he's kind of leaning towards libertarianism. And it's funny because before he even said libertarianism, I said, nobody gets what they want. The compromise is the American experiment. This is what I thought. I didn't say it, but I wrote it. Uh, That the compromise position is the left wants the welfare state. I say because they're fiscally insecure and the right wants the warfare state i say because they're physically insecure and you can't have both nobody wants both so the compromise is you get neither and that's the american experiment that's libertarianism but he said he was afraid that a vote for a libertarian was a wasted vote but that is not true if if the establishment didn't mess with ron paul like black him out on the media and whatnot, he would have won not only the primary, but the general, in my opinion, last year. And Jake also said he understands Obama's hesitation from going down the path of war to fight ISIS. I think that his he was talking like he was hesitant, but he was working hard behind the scenes to escalate this war, and he's still working hard to do it. He just talks like that to silence the anti-war left. I'm going to get to that later in the show, and I will finally get to Johnny's call after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.